Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Welcome to the Fields Brothers Show podcast. This is Jeff Fields. I am here with my older brother, Roger. We are at uh, his place, as we usually are for this podcast, talking about life in Kentucky and life on this side of the cross and the uh, the grace of God through Jesus Christ. And it is uh, something worth talking about. So, Roger, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It, this, you know, I should be right now in the Dominican Republic. We <laughs> talked about that in the last podcast, and I'm sitting here instead. But that's okay. I'll be there this winter, Jeff, when you're freezing cold here in Kentucky in, in the <laughs> yeah, end of January. Be. You will be glad I'll then. I'll yeah. be, uh, be in glad. the Dominican so. Republic, and I'll be gloating about it. So there you Well, go. here in a minute, uh, this will be the second thing. You know, Scripture says to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. That's even in the New Testament. And so you will have an opportunity to do just that well, let me here tell in a few so. minutes, I just want Roger. you to know, I am very proud of my humility, okay. so bring it on. <laughs> Before that, though, um, I just had a great time. Teresa and I had a great time in Dallas uh, a short time ago attending the um, Convention 220 or Network 220 Convention. And we it was the, the gathering that you and I went to a couple years ago in Baton Rouge when we spoke there. Um, we they uh, clearly did not invite us to speak this year. Um, I don't know if there's a reason for that or <laughs> it just didn't have room for us on the schedule or what. But I'm anyway. sure that's all it was. So, they, but they but I, have, I had know. a blast going and Teresa enjoyed it and um, had a book table there. So they you know they had different tables around there. People could uh, to sell their books and and the per there was someone right next to us, a couple younger guys, and one of them had written I think I don't know two or three different books and they had the different books out there. And this one guy one time turned to me, he saw, you know, I, we just had the one book there. And, um, <laughs> he, and, he, and he looked at me, he said, uh, see what well, he said, something like he said, you, y'all, you just have, y'all just have the one book <laughs> or said something like y'all have more books than this. Don't you? I said, well, no, no. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is, is the book. And what it was, he had, he had us, or me or us, I don't know, mixed up with somebody else. Another name that sounded uh, something. And, and he, he was had us mixed up with a prolific writer. So evidently, okay. uh, probably a, um, a best-selling author as opposed to mediocre-selling yeah, authors, which, sure. which yeah. we are. But yeah. but got to meet some people that um, that listened to our podcast. So that was a lot of fun because we rarely get to, you know, almost never get to meet people from other parts of the country. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. And, and people enjoy the, the, uh, the banter and... You know, they never talk about the, you know, no one ever comes up and says, you know, I just really enjoy the spiritual depth of, of what y'all share. It's always about the comedy part, you know, that's what, or the attempts at comedy or whatever that, yeah. that, that people <laughs> tend to enjoy. But one of the, um, one individual came up, um, a man a uh, little younger than us, eh, not a not a kid by any means, but, you know, more middle, <laughs> middle-aged, more middle-aged man, we call it. Yeah. And, and he was not familiar with the book. And so he'd picked the book up and and I pointed out which I did a lot of times I said it's even so I they would ask what's this book about so I give a brief description and then sometimes I mentioned there's even no what's the name of the book Jeff I forget breaking the hex life with God after the cross killed religion where do you get this book? so you get it at Amazon okay 995 and whatever they're going to charge the shipping if you're not a um, member prime. thing or uh, what prime what member Jeff. prime member yeah which we are but, um, and so a lot of times I'll tell people, so there's even an obituary in the front. And, and so this fella, you know, opened up and, and started reading it. And I want to read it real quick. It's been a long time since we had this, but this is the early part of our book. For those who may not be familiar, 
Uh, it's one page at the time, time, top of it. It says obituary, then Jerusalem. You know, in obituary, they usually put the city first, or at least they used to. Yeah. So religion, aged 4,000 plus years, died AD 30 on Golgotha Hill. He died of wounds while being publicly nailed to a cross with Jesus of Nazareth. Next to kin, or next of kin includes performance, guilt, shame, obligation, fear, and condemnation. Religion was a well-known and demanding taskmaster that led to frustration. He was preceded in death by Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Services will be held. Whenever those in Christ gather to remember the death of Jesus Christ, supper will be served. Burial will be in the past once and for all. Arrangements by grace and freedom. Donations may be made, but are not recommended to the first church of try a little harder, do a little more on dead end street in the town of Never Enough. So that's our obituary mm-hmm. based on Colossians 2 that the debt, um, the, the written code was nailed to the cross. So when we say through that in the book, we explain that really religion was nailed to the cross. Religion yeah, that, died. It was more than just the that death, system. death of Jesus, but the whole yeah. system was nailed yeah. to the cross. Okay, go ahead. So anyway, this this man reads that, and then he, and then he informs me that uh, that he liked what he read there in the obituary and that he is a funeral director. And he and he said, without me asking him, he said, I, I something to the effect of, I, I give you my official endorsement as a licensed funeral director of the obituary. So what do you well, think of that? that, I, that, well, that I don't know is, what to think of that. I guess, <laughs> well, hey. But uh, I had a lot of fun uh, meeting different people and, and – um, Got to hear some great messages and, and talk to some folks and see some folks. A lot of people asked about so. me, didn't they, Jeff? Um, I mean, lots of people. That's what I heard. Yeah, anyway. yeah, lot, yeah. A Let's lot just, of people. Yeah, we'll go Where's with that. Roger we'll go with that. Well, How of... come he didn't come? <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, this is the part in my in my notes here I have written. Rogers Maya Copa. You know what that means, don't yes, you? Yes, I know Copa. what Maya Copa is, but yeah. I'm not sure I'm prepared to do You know where we're headed for this? No, I don't, but go ahead. This has to do with, uh, it's even more, I've got more than, than what you're aware of on this, the, the dog story from a few weeks ago. You kind of downplayed my my dog story about that I heard someone in a Cincinnati Reds broadcast, the broadcaster indicating that his dog had an indication that his wife was expecting him before they did, based on, because the dog started laying a different way next to, yeah, next yeah, to the wife before right. they even knew she was expecting, and then afterwards he went back to that way. Yeah, And okay. you said you acted then kind of like you're acting now. Yeah, you're kind of shaking your head. Yeah, yeah. Well, Two things. One, as you noticed, as I'm sure you saw the text message, um, mom um, believes that. She took my side of that. Yeah. Right, she sorry. said, you know, okay. dogs can sense cancer. They use dogs to, to uh Yeah, to sensing cancer. cancer. Yeah, I agree well, with but, that. But, well, there's a friend of mine that's a loyal listener to this also mentioned that his daughter, who's had two children, uh, a very similar story to the one that I heard from the broadcaster, that the dog put his head on her stomach, and the only time... The dog's ever done that is the two times she's expecting, and one of the times before they even knew she was expecting. So I think it's clear and obvious that you (laughs) were wrong, that you were foolishly doubtful of the wonders of of dogs, and you and you and you're supposed to be a dog person. You have a dog, and you you love your dog. dog I do have a dog that I like. I like my dogs. I've had several dogs. It's the only one I've ever liked. But yes, like, but, but I have to, I, okay, all right, fine, you know, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> maybe, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> maybe. Well, that isn't really proof either, too. I mean, two stories, but maybe dogs can sense if um, uh, mom's pregnant. I don't know. But um, all right, whatever. All right. whatever. They, Came they, across the other, the other night on Facebook, I had posted something and, and someone replied and, you know, I was trying to point out the goodness of God, how what God has already accomplished for us, and these types of things. And someone in reply, you know, it's it's one of these where, yeah, great, great point, 
but then they got to add something. They got to yeah. bring another chapter in. Yeah. And what chapter do they always, if you start talking about the idea that Jesus has done it all for us. Oh, James. Yeah, right. James. So James he brings two. up James yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. I got it. I got and, it. and what he mentioned, and it never really dawned on me till he talked about God's part and our part. Yeah. And it dawned on me, okay, when we start talking about God's yeah. part and our part, we are on the wrong oh, yeah. path. Oh, yeah. And that, and as I thought about that, you know, that assumes a separation. Well, well they had that out of the law. I mean, it was God's right, part, yeah. man's part. I mean, well, yeah, I that's, you know, that's I mean, one of the things that I, before Jesus. One of the things I tried to yeah. kindly point out is, yeah, basically, and, and what happens is we end up taking a passage like that, and we're not going to get into James 2 on this podcast. That's a, that's a whole other subject, but so I have to kind of leave that uh, hanging there. But but it is really sad when we use when someone uses James 2 to basically just wipe out everything oh, else that absolutely. Paul and the others, not yeah. just Paul, but the others say in the New Testament. Wipe out the whole gospel. And so, yeah. you know, to make those, to try to reconcile those, um, you know, if we're going to err one way or the other, I would rather go with, you know, I, I think the overwhelming description and, and life in Christ and not just the, not just the description in the book but but the experience of so many believers uh, experiencing freedom through the, the gospel of grace would say okay well maybe there's something about James that we don't understand maybe we're seeing that in, in a different line again well, I don't want to get off too hard on and, and James, we, we but, may we may disagree some, on some nuances here I mean I kind of agree with Andrew Farley on this when he was this phrase without works is dead that the work there and the and the example is Rahab who only did one thing opened a door to let the spies stay there she's an example from the Old Testament and then Abraham who was willing to sacrifice his son um, that our one thing we do is not the action of the obedience to the gospel. We're just receiving Jesus, putting our faith in him, our trust in him. So it's not like, you know, the faith without works. Yeah, if you have, you know, you do, I believe, actively receive Jesus and what he did for you. I just said I don't want to get headlong into all the James well, 2 I stuff, and then you, you just jump headlong well, into it. Yeah, but when you bring it like that, you got to say something about it. I'm about so I, I'll, I'll leave right. my, my thoughts uh, unspoken at this point. All right. But the idea that – I want to talk about this a little. God's part and our part. So why is that – why is that the wrong road? Well, you know, you mentioned that, you know, okay, that's similar to the old covenant or basically no different, but because that is a very common thing, yeah. you know, God's part and my part, well, God's part, God's part, our part. Well, we, we can pretty much agree that God did his part. The issue becomes, have we done our part? And then what is our part? And how much of our part do we have to do? That brings up about 5,000 questions. And so you're not going to have peace and joy and confidence in your relationship with God because it's always about, well, have I done all of my part? He just completely wipes away the good news, completely wipes away so much, you know, the the weight of Scripture in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, about who we are in Christ. And it's, I mean, if there is a separate God's part and my part, well, then obviously it's all going to depend on my part, because we don't, like you said, we know God's going to do his part. But what, what struck me more that a little bit different angle on it is what I, I mentioned that there a second ago, that it implies the separation. It assumes Christ is separate from us. And obviously, you know, we are not Christ, so I'm not saying we are deity. But I think so much of, so much error in understanding life in Christ stems from seeing ourselves separate from Christ, when, when we see that Christ, we are in Christ, Christ is in us, 1 Corinthians 6 says we are one we spirit share, with him. Share the divine nature. Share the divine nature. We are part of his body. You know, then the whole issue of 
God's part and my part doesn't make any sense, or the vine and the branches. You know, mm-hmm. do, do, do we figure, okay, what's the vine's part and what's the branches' part? Well, no, the, the vine is everything. You know, the, the vine is also in the branch. And so, you know, the whole life in Christ, that's the glory of Christ in you, the hope of glory, and it's God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So I think so much clears up when we just see our union with Christ, that we are part of his body. That's the big emphasis on the convention was, you know, a new heart. That, that was kind of the theme of it, your new heart itself, that God has given us a new heart. We have a new identity. Christ is in us. We are in him. And when you start thinking along those lines, the whole idea of God's part and my part doesn't make a bit of sense. No, right. So. I agree. Let me ask you, see if this analogy works for you, okay? When you start to try to explain to somebody um, grace, that this is fully an, uh, a work of God. He's done the whole work and all that. It's almost like this. Let's say you go, you're going through the woods and you come across an old cabin, okay? And you're looking at this cabin and saying, well, it looks kind of old and dilapidated and doesn't look that great. You're looking at the cabin from the outside, okay? Mm-hmm. When you get in the cabin, let's say in this particular instance, you, you find out, well, the cabin's pretty cozy. It's pretty nice. It's warm. There's a fire going. The cabin is different on the inside than it is on the outside. Okay, mm-hmm. and I think for a lot of people, grace is kind of that way. You look at it from the outside. If you're, you know, you think, "Well, gosh, it's just a license to sin," and you know, it's just you know, you, it's just a cheap way out, and it's a cop out, and all that. And I, I believe that once you embrace grace, um, that God has fully done the work. You get you know, on the inside of the cabin, you realize, you know, this isn't this doesn't motivate me to want to sin more. Mm-hmm. This doesn't motivate me to you know, to just, you know, be, you know, a Christian couch potato. It, it, it's, it's like it's from the inside is different than it is on the outside. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I think for a lot of people, when they look at it from the outside in, all they see is, oh, I just, you know, that's just a, you know, just a license to sin, and you're just, you know, you're, you're just getting having a cheap, easy way out. But when you embrace it, you realize from the inside, well, that's not really the nature of it. Yeah, it's kind of hard to know what being totally forgiven feels like yeah. until you're in it. Yeah. It's hard to know what being loved by the Father is going to do to you until you're yeah. in the Son. And then when and you're in it, you realize it doesn't, it doesn't motivate you to want out and go sin wholesale. That's mm-hmm. not what it does. thought in the subject of grace, this is, this is what I thought on the way here that I wrote down. A new phrase. Tell me what you think of this. We, who knows? We could even change the podcast title to something like this. We talked uh, a few weeks ago. I, I shared the Colonel Sanders story yeah. with you about what the key. Remember the the key. One of the key things that he attributed his success to was what finger licking good. The slow, yeah, finger licking good. Yeah. I thought of the phrase finger licking grace. That our podcast is about finger, <laughs> you and I are. From, you know, we're from Kentucky. Uh, yeah. You got KFC. <laughs> so I'm not saying we changed the title of that. Okay, but, right. I, but I think thank that's you, a, Mr. Fields. <laughs> we'll be in touch. Uh, I think this phrase we're throwing around every now and then. Finger. We talk. I might start using that on some of the intros <laughs> when I do an intro. Finger <laughs> licking grace. That it's. I mean, it is very. Yeah, I can't see the time on that cord there. Can you move that cord a little bit so oh, I can see? Go. Hopefully, yeah. we're not. Right. Into, yeah, we're, we're, over, we're not over yeah. an hour yet here. Yeah. Okay, very no. good. But the, uh, you know, finger licking good is the idea that is so satisfying, so good tasting, so finger licking grace, taste and see that the Lord is good. So yeah. I, I think there's, right, there's some well, parallels yeah. there. All so right, I like right. talking about finger licking grace. Uh, a couple of little things. Uh, good analogy I heard from John Russon. John's kind of a sidekick to uh, Frank Friedman in their podcast. And he talked about compared sin to, you know, stopping sin or kind of being free from sin 
as if you're being attacked by a, by a whip. And so if someone is attacking you with a whip, do you, how, do, how can you stop that? Which end do you grab? If you try to grab the end of the whip, well, good luck. But you've got to get in close enough to grab the handle. You're looking at me confused here. So, yeah, I'm thinking so about this you, analogy. So yeah. it's the idea of the source versus the effect. And so when you, when you grab the handle of the whip, you stop the effect of it. And you take control of the handle instead of the, the end of the whip. Uh, this is I can tell this is not a life-changing moment for no, you. No, <laughs> I don't know this is a real epiphany for me, but okay. All but right. I, I thought that was I thought I mean, that was good. All right. The, another verse, though, oh, by the way, before we get on our, back to our book, I forgot to mention this earlier. Teresa told me the other day, I forgot, one, one of her friends here saw our book at a retail establishment here in Lexington for sale. No kidding, really. Is that a Goodwill store? Goodwill, Goodwill <laughs> so, is honking our book now. Well, there was like one copy there. I wonder so, how much it was. So somebody, it was, I'm sure it wasn't much. But, but it wasn't $9.95. I'm it sure was, it was yeah. quite a bit. It was probably a quarter or something like that. But I thought, well, that's interesting. But somebody here in the Lexington area took, that, our, uh, book to took our book to Goodwill. So, well, so we'll that kind uh, of hurts my feelings. I don't know where that. The other, um, a couple of verses that we may have mentioned before, but I tell you, this this really needs to be emphasized more, is toward the end of Hebrews 11, you know, this faith chapter, which we've talked about recently. But the idea that, you know, gives all these examples of, of you know, great men and women of God and examples of faith. And in verse 32, and what more shall I say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and, and uh, Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets. And then you skip to the end of it, there in verse 38, of whom the world was not worthy, um, talks about other people, and it says, and all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us. Right. Yeah. So someone had, I can't, did I mention this the other day when someone asked me, well, don't you want to be like David, a man after God's own heart? <laughs> and I thought for a second, I said, well, no. No. Because no. we have something better than David. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and also the fact that David... David did a couple things that yeah. I don't really, you know, yeah, think we, we ought to want to do. You know, right. he's not exactly the perfect example, but they did not receive the promise God having provided. So this is Hebrews eleven forty. God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. This is the idea that we have something the Old Testament saints did not have. We have a blessing. Wow. We have a fulfillment that they never had. And where we think about, okay, yeah, I want to. Someday I want to talk to Moses and I want to talk to David or Daniel and all this. And they're probably sitting there thinking, man, I want to talk to yeah. Joe oh. Smith. Uh, what's it like to have Christ living in you? You know, I mean, all the time, people always bring up the scripture. Who's, was it Isaiah that said, a search me, O Lord, and see if there's any wicked way in me? Was that, wasn't that Isaiah? No, that's in Psalms. That's, that's Psalm, Psalm of David. David. Psalm 139. Okay. Yeah. There's another one of Isaiah I was thinking about this. So we'll yeah. say, take this one, though, David. Um, you know, and so they say, well, that's, you know, like, that's what we should be doing. I think, well, you know, too bad David wasn't a new creation, didn't give a, get a new heart. Yeah. Jesus wasn't his righteousness. Doesn't make me think, oh, I need to do what David said worked for him at that time. Mm -hmm. It makes me think, you know, too bad David didn't have the covenant that we have today. And so it is, you know, Paul talks about these things that were kept hidden until that time, that, yeah. that Paul was chosen to be able to, to reveal these things. I mean, it is amazing blessing that we lose side of I had some great conversations when we were in Dallas and talked to one man um, at breakfast time I, I kind of knew just 
I think we were friends on Facebook, but really didn't know each other. But got talking to him, and and he shared very open, and honest, honestly with me that uh, earlier times in his life he had um, struggled with pornography when he was on the mission field, and um, struggled with um, a same-sex uh, attraction. And he's married to a woman. But it's this truth of the new covenant. It's this truth of grace that has set him free yeah. from that. Yeah. And so, I mean, that is the answer to be, okay, who am I? This whole thing, the convention, you know, you hear the topic, your new heart itself, we have a new heart. Honestly, my first thought was, yeah, I know that. You know, we know that's part of the new covenant. But hearing a lot about it really made me think that we, we including myself, we really don't appreciate that as much as we should, that we don't trust something that comes from within us. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I mean, we're taught in too many Christian circles not to trust our heart. And if you want to do something, you know, if you want to do something, Roger, well, well you got to watch out for that. Oh, what I, you we, I've had do, this discussion with several there, people. So. Like they, they say, well, I have a choice. I can either take this job up in, you know, St. Louis, or I'm thinking maybe, I should go to the mission field and do something. I know which one God wants me yeah. to do. And so God always wants you to do the one that makes you the most miserable. That's yeah. where that thinking goes. You know, he would never want you to do the other but one. But the whole idea that but, yeah. both in terms of decision-making, and, yeah. I, and I absolutely agree with that, but just in, in issues of morality and things like that too, that God could actually, not can, but he has given me a new heart that I can trust my heart without right. a law, right. without a rule, with a threat or the reward, you know, without a carrot, without a stick, that my heart would actually desire the things of God and desire to walk in a way that is loving toward others. I mean, that is a radically change of perspective that I think I have failed to appreciate a fair amount. So, Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is, I think it's parallels. And I'm not going to get into depth about this right now, but I'm going to talk about this probably in a future podcast. But, you know, um, you know, a little over a year ago, I became a realtor, and um, and I've enjoyed this. I mean, I've enjoyed learning mm-hmm. this. I've enjoyed helping people, and uh, but it, but I have had this constant thought of how do I, how can I best mesh uh, real estate with you know helping people. You understand. You leave tracks God. in the houses. You witness to everybody yeah. that you you you. Ask the two diagnostic questions to everybody you come across. Is that right? Yes. Thank you, Mr. Fields. We'll be in touch. (laughs) No, I mean, and so, and so anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to later on kind of what I think God's put my heart to do, but you know, I I thought too, and I don't there again, I did not plan to say this right now, but it's like in my, you ever think about this at your eulogy? Have you ever thought about what they could say or might say or what you want them to say? What I don't want them to say was, here lies Roger Fields. He was a really good realtor. You know, that's not really what I'm looking for, you know. (laughs) Location, location. So I want to be be a good realtor, yes, but there's a little more than what I want to contribute to to people's lives. And So anyway, I'll I'll get into that more later on putting into the podcast, but um, that's just something that God's been working to me about how to do that. So anyway, but that's not something, there's no rule for that. I guess what I'm saying, there's no law. I don't think God have to do that. I don't get God saying, Roger, you got to do something valuable, more valuable than real estate. I mean, just something I just want to do. I just want to figure out how to allow God to work through me to kind of better people's lives, help them maybe understand grace. Um, and God's put that desire in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I think it's part of that new heart. It's not a, it's not a command. It's not something I have to do. It, it is really sad when so much of religion points us the other direction. 
Yeah. And it just feels like, boy, you cannot trust your heart. And uh, the, the good news of grace, uh, the good news of the gospel is that we have been made new. Christ is in us. Yeah. We are in him. We've been planted together with him. There's no separation there. Quit worrying about God's part and your part. He is in you. You are in him. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in you. And so trust what he has done, it has done, and is doing in your heart. It is great news. Real quick, I read something the other day, totally off topic here, but this is when you know it may be time to move. Neighbor uh, was raking his leaves, and neighbor number one, evidently the leaves are a different color on his tree than his neighbor's, and the wind <laughs> blew all the leaves into the, the other neighbor's yard, so the other neighbor rakes up all the leaves, separates them by color, and then dumps the colored ones that belong to his neighbor back in his yard. So, wow. so you could have No, that didn't really neighbor. happen. Though. Yes, that, Did actually, that, really that happened? actually happened, yes. So... Boy, okay. That is. It's all kinds of people out there in this world, Jeff. Yeah.